everyone, and welcome to the Earth Dawn Survival Guide. This podcast is a special one. We ran into some technical problems during our last recording thing, and so we're a week off, but that gave me the opportunity to snag Nick, one of the primary writers on the upcoming Vasgothia book, which is on Kickstarter now. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Sure, sure. I know that people like hearing behind-the-scenes stories and insights and all that sort of stuff. Uh, We've got a kind of small listenership, but they are hungry for content, and this gives us the opportunity to get into that, or some of that anyway. We'll get to some questions. I did post in the Earthdawn Guild Facebook group that we were going to be doing this, and there were some questions that were posted, and we will be addressing some of them. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us how you came to get into Earthdawn and join the group working on this book? Wow, so um, I've been playing Earthdawn for quite a long time, probably for 20 plus years. Um, And I was introduced to it by a friend of mine who was running a a vampire live action game back in the day, like a midnight theater game. And um, he folded that game and he said, I've got this great game called Earthdawn and, uh, you know, do you guys want to try that? And we did. And that's how I sort of uh, was introduced to it. Speaking of uh, how I got involved with Vascothia, that's probably quite a long story that goes back all the way to sort of like the days of Red Brick, if you want me to sort of get that far into it. Sure. Okay. So I I discovered Vascothia during our first Earthdawn session. And at the time, our GM wouldn't let us read the Theron Empire book. It was considered sort of GM-only material. So uh, that made me determined to, uh, to get hold of a copy and read it, obviously. Uh, when I did, the first page that the book fell on when I opened it was the image of the towers done by um, Jeff Labenstein. And I just became fascinated with it. That picture and the picture of the renamed Theron Noble and the picture of the leafer. And I was just immediately sort of attracted towards this very strange, magical place. The more I read about it, the more I wanted to run a game set there. So um, I started putting that together. And it was actually during the announcement of um, Cathay for, I think, was that, was that classic or was that Red Brick? Well, Red Brick did both classic and third edition. So right. it would have been yeah. that crew of folks. I think Cathay probably was officially part of third edition. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I think it was around the time that Cathy was announced. I was quite sort of taken aback by the announcement that they were looking at exploring this distant land. And it made me think, well, you know, if people are interested in Cathay, then maybe they'll be interested in Vascothia in the way that, you know, I'm very interested in it. So I put together a very, looking back at it now, it's a very sort of bare bones, amateurish proposal um, that I sent to Redbrick for a Vascothia book. And um, I had a sort of very brief correspondence with Dami, Karsten, is it Karsten Dami, is that right? Karsten Dam, yeah. And um, yeah, we had a little bit back and forth, and he felt that it wasn't sort of like up to scratch as a proposal, but um, he was quite interested in some of the ideas, and he said that at the time Red Brick were looking at making a Vascothia book. He said um, that there were members of the team who were German who were quite interested in, in looking at Vascothia, and when the time came, he said, you know, I invite you to join the writing team. Um, but unfortunately, um, it never it never materialised. That was sort of folded for a, about a decade, really. 
then it was with the announcement of the Arancia book back on the FASA forums. I think Julie talking about the Arancia book. And again, immediately thought to myself, well, if people are interested in exploring Arancia, then maybe they're interested in exploring Vascothia. So that's what prompted me to put another proposal together. And um, this one was uh, hopefully um, a little bit better than the one that I sent to Red Brick. And yeah, and that's how I got in touch with, with FASA. And I think I spoke to yourself. I spoke to Andy. Uh, eventually, I was put in contact with Kyle. I think Andy had told me that there were plans for a Vascothia book. And she said that I could join the writing team. And at first, I, I thought, oh, well, I've heard this before. And nothing happened, but it didn't turn out that way. And uh, yeah, me and Carl got talking, and um, that's how we sort of that's how I became involved, really. And you're started off. You actually worked on one of the chapters for Empty Thrones with Kyle. That was sort of your introduction to actually working with us, right? That actually came about. That was during the writing on Vascothia, I think. Um, yeah, it was because I think I was going through the the initial manuscript phase for Vascothia. And Kyle emailed me and said, oh, I've got this super secret project and uh, I'd be interested in to know if you'd be interested in joining me on that. So I was like, yeah, of course, if there's an Earthdawn super secret project, then count me in. So that was, I think we took a month off writing for Vascothia to do Empty Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was in the sort of January or February. We took a month off and he originally said to me, would you like to write a section on Daichi or would you like to write... A, a new settlement on the borders of um, Landis, and I said, uh, "Can I do both?" And he said, "Sure." And <laughs> that's how uh, he said, "If you can get me, if you can get me Daichi in, I think it was something like two weeks, then you can also do the uh, the town on the borderlands of of Landis and uh, Carafad." So I did, I did both. Luckily, so yeah, it was good. It was fun. Yeah, there was quite a rapid turnaround on some of the. Uh... The material for that book. The planning had been in place for a little bit, but the actual production of the written stuff for Empty Thrones, uh, in some cases, really got cranked out pretty quickly. And I was happy with actually the way that all turned out. And of course, your work on that was great, which was why our feelings on Vasgothia as a book are pretty good. Now, I will admit up front to the listeners, I've already mentioned this to you, I was not actually involved that much in the production of this book for multiple reasons. So I haven't actually had much of a chance to really read any of it. I've seen bits and pieces going by, but I've had other stuff that I've been working on and life and so on. I will actually probably be doing most of my reading when I start working on the layout, which I will be starting here as soon as Kyle gets me the final finals from uh, from proofreading. So that's probably where I'm going to run into most of this material. I think that leads us into one of our first questions here, which kind of came from a couple of people, which is, why Vasgothia and why now? Clearly, this was a book, from what you've said, that covers an area that has captured your attention for 20 years or more, from those initial impressions from the art by Jeff and um, Larry McDougall, I think, did the renamed Theron Noble that you referenced. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So clearly for you, it's something that that you have always wanted to do. You talked about the initial proposal that you made to Red Brick a decade or, or more ago that ended up not going anywhere. And it clearly captured your imagination so strongly that it was something that you continued to to want to do. 
Let me rephrase that question a little bit for you, which is to say, what is it about Vasgothia that so captured your attention that made you want to do a book to develop the area in more depth? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think by the time I sort of learned more about Vasgothia, we've been playing Earthdawn for, you know, quite a few years. And, you know, I understood how Barsave worked a little bit, the various political entities and how the mechanics and the setting sort of tie in together. I think when I read Vasgothia, it just seemed like such a different place to Barsave. But at the same time, it had a lot of the strong Earthdawn themes in there as well. So there's a lot of influence from the Scourge, uh, Passions and Horrors and you know names, for example. But it was also differently framed. So I think one of the biggest differences that attracted me to Vasgothia was, whereas in Save you have the Scourge and it's been this cataclysmic event and it's destroyed large portions of the province. You have the Badlands, you have the Wastes, the Poison Forest and... Um, transformations in the bloodwood as a result of the horrors in Vascothia, the scourge didn't so much destroy the province as it changed it it wrought great magical change upon Vascothia. Uh, most of it sort of centered around the deep forest and the sacrifice of the passions and those sort of things really intrigued me especially you know things like the place of renaming and the towers it just seemed that every time i turned a page in third empire in the Vascothian chapter there was another mystery presenting itself you know, as a, as a games master, those are the sort of things that attract me to um, to running the game. So yeah, I think it was just it, it felt very Earth Dawn to me. And you know, I'm going to be fair to Theron Empire. There are some provinces in Theron Empire that don't necessarily feel very Earth Dawny, like they fit into the world. But Vascothia always felt like it was part of the same setting as Barsave, and it had this strong post-apocalyptic feel to it as well. I think that's what attracted me to it. It was it was just a different place, but still part of the world that I'd, that I'd fallen in love with. Great. Connecting that to another of the questions, how true to the original chapter is the work that you did on the Vasgothia book? Is that something where you really used that original chapter by Robin Laws as a starting point and did more to expand on that? Or was it just a little bit of an influence in terms of the concepts and you were doing a lot more on your own? I think Robin's a really good writer. One of the best. Yeah, Robin's fantastic. And it, it was a bit daunting at first to sort of try and step into his shoes. And initially, I wanted to try and remain as true to his kind of vision for Vascothia uh, as I could. Because uh, at the time, I just thought, well, I'm, I'm just a nobody and I'm coming along and taking Robin's work and trying to make it my own. Uh, initially, I was very keen to stay as close to Robin's work as possible in Vasgothia. But at the same time, because there's only 19 pages in that chapter, and there's so much presented in that chapter that if you're going to expand upon it, then you're, uh, you're going to have to sort of like learn to fly on your own and just take it and run with it. There are certain things that me and Kyle discussed early on with Vasgothia that we did want to change and certain things needed to be changed. So to give you an example, um, the Ulkman, for example, the Ulkman, as they're presented in Theron Empire, they're very intriguing and they're very interesting, but they're not very playable. Um, they don't really present themselves as a as a good choice for a name giver race for a player to pick. So they were one of the things that we looked at changing. At the same time, I didn't really want to contradict any of Robin's work. So the changes to the Ulkman, which is both law and mechanics, is kind of framed in the way of 
this is what people thought about the Orkman before they realised that this is how they actually are. Because the big change is that the Orkman aren't really a separate name-giver race. They're drawn from other name-giver races, and because of the, the corruption of the Deep Forest, they're altered. Their patterns are altered with horror magic. The canon was important. I really wanted to remain true to, to Robin's sources. But at the same time, changes needed to be made, and um, things needed to be expanded, and, and as the questioner said, like fluffed out. So, yeah, it was definitely something. I think me and Carl both kept it in the back of our minds. We're both big fans of Robin's work, and we wanted to make sure that what we were writing was compatible with what Robin had wrote. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you're taking 19 pages and expanding them into 256 pages, you're going to have to really sort of dig deep into your own imagination and uh, to expand upon the information that Robin had written. Related to that, I know from being connected to you on various social media that you run a Vasgothia-based campaign currently, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Two questions. How long have you been running that? And how much of what goes on in that game influenced material that went into the book? Ah, uh, okay. So I've been running a game set in Vascothria in one form or another since round about 2016. So first of all, just started running a game using the raw material in Theory and Empire to see if that could work on its own without any elaboration or expansion. And then, you know, various campaigns have been run over the years. I'm running one at the moment, which um, has been going on for about eight months. The, the games that I've run for Vascothia have always been a sort of testing bed for material for the book. So we've, we've playtested some mechanics. We've playtested elements of the setting to see if they're gameable, if they actually work, if players are interested in, it, in those sort of things. I've run various games from Empress perspectives. We've run Barite games. We've had Leafers. I would say largely I would write material for Vascothia and then we would introduce it into the campaign and I would sort of like take feedback and notes from my players about what they liked and what they felt worked and then that would that would influence where I would go for like rewrites and things like that, yeah. Cool. Does that answer your question, Sam? Yeah, no, it, it does. I think that that back and forth, that interaction, that feedback with actual players, with other people, and finding out what captures their attention. Is it the same thing that captures your own? Do they find something different? Does it turn out that upon interaction with live bodies that something you thought was really cool doesn't work quite as well as you had thought? I think that interaction and that feedback, especially for RPG material, is really valuable. And it can be difficult to do that in isolation, to just kind of write a book and come up with it. Even if, say, you weren't doing a book specifically on Vasgothia, that interaction and that play with other people, you get a sense of, in general, what works and what doesn't. And I think to kind of step away from other stuff for a moment, a lot of what goes into our work with fourth edition in general is based on that actual play experience of, you know, multiple decades between the, the various sort of shareholding members of the team and freelancers and things like that. A lot of times something that might not seem to make a whole lot of sense in isolation, once you start piecing it together with other stuff tends to get a lot better. Going back to an earlier question that I think I can address <laughs> better than you can, 
which was why Vasgothia now? <laughs> the answer to that is mainly logistics. We've got multiple books in various stages of production, and we all work on them on the side. You know, there's nobody that's doing this as a full-time gig. We've all got regular day jobs and commitments and so forth that we need to juggle. And we don't have quite the pipeline for a hard and fast long-term plan for what order things are going to be coming out in. We kind of have a rough idea based on where things are at various stages of development, but the reason that Vasgothia is coming out now is that it's the book that's ready now. Right. It's been quite a few months since our last Earthed on Kickstarter, since our last new bit of product, that being Empty Thrones. And we're talking about a year or so. Vasgothia was the first book that was completed. And so that's the book that's coming out. We've got The Grand Bazaar, a book that Michael is working on that we're hoping to have done and ready for Kickstarter in the first half of next year. We've got Morgan's Deeper Secrets magic book that is in development and um, my own Europa book, which is much, much earlier in the development process. Part of the issues with both Morgan's book and mine is that we kind of keep getting pulled in to help out with other aspects of things. like. I'm going to be doing the layout on Vasgothia, um, which means that I need to devote my free time to finishing that because it's a book that's paid for and committed and so forth, as opposed to one that is still in kind of the very early outlining and, and writing stages. So the reason Vasgothia is because this is the book that we have ready at this time. And that's kind of the way that, while it's not ideal in the way that we want to handle things, is the way that things are working right now. And if we want to keep the money engine flowing through the company to allow us to continue to do stuff, we need to put out the product that, that we have there. We can't just sit on a book because it doesn't fit our mental timeline of things. Right, yeah. To bring it back to you a, a little bit, is there anything in the Vasgothia book that plays a role in or connects in some way to current events in Barsave, or is it something that's intended to be more of a standalone location book. One of the things that me and Kyle talked about when we first started writing uh, Vasgothia together was that we didn't necessarily want Vasgothia to feel like it was this distant, remote place that was inaccessible outside of Barsave and you know it sort of existed by its own laws, essentially just an island floating off on its own. We really wanted to connect it into Barsave. And going back to the earlier question about like why Vasgothia, like why now and how does it connect? The release of fourth edition really sort of allowed me to explore Vascothia a little bit more because of the results of the second Theron War. Barsay's victory over the Theron Empire, I always felt when I read about it in fourth edition that that must have sent shockwaves across the Theron Empire. That must have a knock-on effect on their other provinces. So that's definitely part of the introduction to Vascothia. Vascothia exists in the game world as an in-world book. And the reason that the book was written was because some of the Barite tribes had heard about Barsave's success against the Therian Empire and were keen to make connections with Barsave because they also wished to one day liberate themselves from Therian rule. And Vascothia has been a Therian province for a long time. Um, it's been a Vascothia, it's been a Therian province, sorry, for well over a thousand years. And the native Vascothians have never really 
known what it's like to not be under Therian occupation. To them, the Therian Empire has been this invincible colossus. And then to hear that, you know, just over to the east, the province over over your neighbor essentially has defeated the Therian Empire, and you start to question, well, maybe they're not this invincible colossus we thought we were. Maybe people can be free of fear and rule. So it was definitely the events of the Second War in Barsave that was the catalyst for the Vascothia book. I think there's there's connections to Barsave in the book. I don't really want to spoil anything, but there's a there's a delegation of, of Barsavians who go to Vascothia and they explore the province and they write about it. And there's there's various little sort of threads. Yeah, that was the main thing going into it. it, it I didn't want it. I wanted Vascothia to feel like a place where if you were running a game in Barsave, you could jump on an airship and you could be in Vascothia in a day or two and you could start exploring it. I didn't want it to feel like it was this distant land that wasn't connected to the history and the culture of the other lands around it. So it does, it does connect to Barsay, but it's also very much its own, its own province. So there's kind of a thematic connection in the idea that we're looking at a place that, unlike Barsave, where the resistance to Theron rule is something that is long baked into the setting, because here we are, that's something that came out as a result of the dragon's influence on Thrall during the Scourge and the Council Compact and so forth, and the first Theron War and Barsave standing up, and Thrall in particular, standing up against the Therans when they returned after the Scourge. We're looking at a similar kind of idea, but with Vasgothia, we're looking at an area where those very first stirrings of anti-Theron sentiment are making themselves known as an actual force. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to to a certain extent, the Barite tribes have always tried to resist Theron rule, but they're a very fractitious people, and uh, they're just as likely to war amongst themselves as they are against the Therans. And then you've got a large portion of Vascothia's population are fully Theronized, and a lot of them sort of enjoy the fruits of Theron civilization in a way that perhaps the Dwarves of Thrall once did when they were you know, they're essentially made the administrators of Barsave province underneath the Therans. The Empirists are kind of in that position and have been in that position for a very long time. They're not necessarily willing to relinquish the power that they have under Theron rule, but at the same time, they're also very marginalised and they're not quite trusted by the ruling Therans because of the Dread Yearning, which is this magical affliction that can grip an Empress's mind and send them to the Deep Forest to be renamed as a Barite. So because of that, the Therans don't quite trust the Empress to run Vascothia as much as they may have trusted the Dwarves of Barsave. So you have all these various cultural groups in Vascothia who are agitating for change, but they don't all necessarily trust or get along with each other. They haven't quite got to the point where they're all willing to to throw their lot in together and and, and remove Thera, and, and many of them don't necessarily want to remove Thera, at least not fully. So. I'd say there's, there's some thematical similarities between Barsave and Vascothia in that way. It's just that the Therans are much more entrenched in Vascothia than they, than they were in Barsave after the Scourge. And that's obviously because the native Barite population were all destroyed during the Scourge. So when the Therans returned, they only had the, the more newly renamed Barite tribes to contend with. There was a long period of time in, in Vascothia during the Scourge where there was only one culture dominant, and that was Theron culture in the Citadels. Cool. So rather than being a warmed over, oh, this is Barsave just in a different 
physical location with some superficial trappings. There's a lot of thought, it sounds like, that went into the history, both recent and perhaps older in Vasgothia, and what the consequences of those things are. Because of the events in the Deep Forest with the Passions and the Horrors and the original Barite tribes, the consequences and the history and the events that played out in the wake of that are different because of those different circumstances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cool. I like to see when looking at the development of an area, when you're looking at the history and how things play out, both a a short and kind of longer term scale historically, that the consequences of things that happen, whether they were choices made by people or were the consequences of something else happening, that the sort of aftermath of that makes sense in terms of how people react to it and move forward. So I'm glad to hear that that's something that was consideration. And I know that that Kyle is kind of similar in that and probably would have been pressing and other feedback as well. I think probably Morgan had some hands in that and making sure that things made sense from the, the standpoint of how people behave in general. Yeah, um, with Vascothia, I, I don't think any of us wanted to sort of retread how things are in Bar Save, where the, the cultures in Bar Save tend to be very divided along name-giver lines. So, you know, you have the, the, the Scranger live on the Serpent River, and they have the Arapagwai, and you have the Dwarves, the Thrall, and the Elves, and the Bloodwood. We didn't really want to revisit that with Vascothia. We didn't want to have, a, for example, a community of Dwarves who lived in the mountains, and a community of Elves who lived in the Deep Forest. For us, the big cultural divide came down to Emperist and Barite. Those are the two large cultures, and then you have Theron, and then you have smaller cultures like Leafers, for example, who are very much kind of on the outside of that. But the two main cultures, like Empress and Barai, those two cultures only exist as a direct result of Theron interaction with the province. The Therians had never come to Vascothia, those two cultural groups wouldn't exist. And a lot of the things that I enjoy writing about is cultural interaction and what does it mean to be Vascothian, or is there even such a thing as being Vascothian when you have all these different cultures. And with the Dread Yearning, it's possible that you could be an Empress and one of your family members could be a Barite. And what does that mean? You know, how, how, how do you maintain relations across these two different cultures? Those were the sort of things that really interested me in writing Vascothia, as opposed to, you know, different name-giver groups. So this leads into another question, I guess, that kind of just occurred to me. You had mentioned earlier how the original Theron... Empire book chapter on Vasgothia seemed to have a new mystery that was presented on each page. And obviously, where you've only got 19 pages in the original book, you get presented the mystery, but there's not really, aside from maybe the occasional bit of theorizing by the in-universe character who's writing about it, these mysteries aren't explained. There's no answers given to them. Yeah. Where we're looking at a much larger book where there's been the opportunity to kind of flesh things out, how much of that mystery is still left as mystery? How much of it is explained? Do we, for example, get a more in-depth exploration of what the fruits of the passions are, of why the dread yearning is happening? Or is this something that gets more attention but isn't actually explained? Right. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good question. And 
it's actually I think the one of the first things that me and Kyle talked about. I had my reservation going into Vascothia was I didn't want to dispel a lot of the mystery of Vascothia. I didn't want to give too many hard facts. I didn't want to lay down a map of the place of renaming and tell people exactly why it was there, who put it there, who's responsible. Because, first of all, uh, if you dispel too much of the mystery of Vascothia, I think it loses what makes it Vascothia in a way. And secondly, I didn't want to provide future games masters and, and readers with an absolute. I didn't want to say, oh, this is the place of renaming. This is what it does. This is who put it there. Because at the end of the day, someone might have a really cool idea to answer those questions and they might not decide they want to because I've come along and said, oh, no, it's this, this and this. To answer your question, all those mysteries in Vascothia, so the towers, the place of renaming, the dread yearning, the fruits of the passions, all these things have been revisited in the material and they've been expanded upon. Usually in world by we've added more voices, more people talking about these various mysteries, but we haven't really taken steps to completely dispel what's found there. So, for example, the towers. The information on the towers in the Vascothia book will help a games master to use them in their campaign, but we haven't mapped out every single tower. And that is obviously there's an upcoming stretch. Uh, stretch um, goal for the Kickstarter where the community is going to be able to come along and, and help us to unravel that mystery of the towers. You know, you can come along and you can help to design a, a level of the towers. And I think that's great. And I'd rather have that than basically give somebody a battle map of 50 floors of the towers and tell them, you know, this is what's on there. This is why it's there. And this is, this is the nature of how it works. I think that would, that would really dispel, as I say, a lot of the mystery that makes Vascothia so interesting to me personally. Cool. Obviously, there was quite a bit of inspiration from the original chapter. You wouldn't have come along 20 years later and gone through all the effort of producing a book if there weren't. Yeah. And clearly, Robin Laws in the original drew inspiration from older sources, historical and, and mythological sources. How much research, how much did you go back to earlier sources or where are other places outside of Earth Dawn material itself did you go for inspiration and perhaps to crib some ideas about stuff to put in this book? Was there any consultation with anybody steeped in the real world geographical area there? I mean, Germany, was there any consultation that you had with Germans from that area to provide input? Or was that something that just because of the nature of how the book was put together didn't get much of an opportunity? So um, I did a I did what I, what I would call a deep dive on Vascothia. So the first thing I did was I contacted Robin Laws. And this was before I even sent the initial pitch, I think. And I said to him, what was your main inspiration? I think, it, I think his main inspiration, I thought, was the book Germania, written by Tacitus and the Poetic Edders, which is the collection of Norse mythology. And he emailed back and he said, yeah, those were my main inspirations, but obviously they were put through the lens of Earthdawn. So knowing that those were his two sort of literal, uh, literary inspirations, I decided to deep dive on both of those. So I started looking at academic works on the various Germanic tribes, all the pre-Christian pagan Germanic peoples of Europe, uh, the Poetic Edders, uh, epic Germanic poetry, 
just anything really that I felt was connected to these original influences by Robin. But I think the really clever thing that Robin did was that he put Earthdawn first. He didn't. He 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 wasn't necessarily writing fantasy Germany. He was writing Vascothia. It's 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 interesting because that isn't necessarily the case with some of the other provinces in the book. I think some of the other provinces, the cultural influences kind of eclipses the Earth Dawn setting. But with Vascothia, I always felt he put Vas- he always put Earth Dawn first. So you have to really deep dive on those influences. So for example, the whole idea of the passions fighting this battle against the horrors and dying during the scourge is very much based on Ragnarok, you know, the, the twilight of the gods from Norse mythology. So, you know, I, I read, went through the poetic editors and I decided to, to read all these myths to do with Ragnarok and how the gods, some of the gods survived and some of the gods didn't. I went back through and I was reading about Caesar's campaign against the early Germanic tribes and I really did a deep dive on it. The influences for me, I would say, outside of Germania and the poetic Edda, would be the history and mythology of the Anglo-Saxon tribes uh, from continental Germany, uh, the Visigothic people, the pre-Christian Franks. I tried to avoid direct Norse sources because while I admit that Vascothia does occupy a certain space within role-playing games, I didn't want it to be a Viking role-playing game because there's other Viking role-playing games on the market, and I feel that ground's been covered quite well. So I purposefully avoided too much Norse and Viking inspiration and instead looked at much earlier people in Germany. Um, as for consulting German people, one of my players is German, which um, I'm quite lucky, really, that I met him. And I would say consultation-wise, um, when it came to Vascothian words, so there's a lot of terminology in Vascothia, which is written in the Vascothian language. I wanted to make sure that the words didn't sound too silly or offensive or just dumb to a modern German reader, because I'm I'm quite I'm quite aware that people German people will read this book, and if there was a term in there that they just thought was ridiculous, that would fall upon my shoulders. So me and my um, my German player Jan, I gave him a list, a full list of the lexicon of Vascothian words and we were able to go through and pick words out that he felt needed changing or didn't quite fit or may sound like a rude word in German or something like that but outside of that no I didn't really I, I consulted academic literature on the subject and a lot of that is written by German writers but being, being German doesn't necessarily bestow you with the knowledge of ancient Germania I mean I'm I, I'm I'm English and I don't I'm not I don't automatically know about you know ancient England and Celtic peoples. You have this is something that you really have to study at a, at a degree academic level. So I didn't really sort of reach out to any specific German like people outside of my player. Really, no, I didn't I didn't really think it was too necessary. And that was in part because of the academic research that you did, which had been done by. German academics in, in some cases and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, almost everything that I that I read and studied on Germanic folklore was written by German writers anyway. So obviously they have a perspective on it already. So for example, something similar like simple like uh, Jacob Grimm from the Grimm's Brothers, his Deutsch mythology series of books, for example, that's that was a that was a source of uh, of research and inspiration for Vascothia. But as I say, the main focus has always been 
to make Vascothia Vascothia and not just fantasy Germany, if that makes sense. That's one of the things that our goal is, having talked within the core team, when it comes to approaching these older chapters of Theron Empire. And I agree, I think Vasgothia is one of the easiest ones to deal with because yeah. it does have such a Earthdawn friendly and Earthdawn heavy slant right from the beginning, as opposed to Indresia, for example. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the weaknesses of the Theron Empire book is that there is so little space that is able to be devoted to each of these massive cultures. When comparing that to Barsave, which up to that point had had a dozen or more source books and hundreds of thousands of words devoted to exploring the variety of life experience and culture among the various peoples of that land, you compare that to a 15 or 20 page chapter that needs to cover an equivalent sized area in a tiny fraction of the space, you're going to be hitting the highlights that come across as stereotypical and not as good. And I think one of the things that our goal is as we revisit each of these, because long term, we sort of do have a plan to do so, is to take those initial seeds that were presented because those date back all the way to at least the original uh, Skypoint and Vivain box. If you look at the one paragraph descriptions for each of the provinces that appeared in that book, yeah, right. they're all laid out there ahead of time for you, right? It's not like this came out of nothing. Yeah. But to get into them in more depth and to apply more attention and nuance and provide a greater level of detail at multiple levels in order to take some of those fascinating cultural ideals, ideas, excuse me, and crank the Earth Dawn dial on them up to see how we can do that. And one of the things that we're concerned with, and this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, is to make sure that we are doing what we can to honor the original cultures that those are being drawn from. And this is one of the reasons that, again, Vasgothia is kind of a little bit easier to tackle, is that getting access to Germanic scholarship on the things there, it's a lot easier to get access to in some respects than it is to, say, subcontinental India and the study of the mythology that is not presented from a Western scholar from the British Museum kind of things who has a very different approach to what was going on in the, the culture that's being drawn from. Yeah, and, and that's the difference. You know, with Vascothia, I can read about Germanic culture from a Germanic voice, whereas if I was writing a book on Andresa, there's a good chance that a lot of those voices are not going to be representative of the culture that Andresa draws upon. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I have had it quite easy in a way, and... Um, but I absolutely I agree 100%. The, the right voice for the project is definitely an important thing to consider, 100%. So if anybody out there is listening and actually is part of those and wants to get involved, please reach out to me or anybody else at Facet Games, and we will open conversations. Yeah, awesome. So you've spent the past few years working on this book in various levels of 
involvement. Now that the book is basically done, what are a couple of things that are in the book that you are particularly excited for readers to encounter? Hmm. Wow. Um, the thing that I'm excited for the most is probably, and this is going off my game group and what, what sort of excited them the most, was experiencing life in a Therian province. My players really enjoy the difference between the civilized life that you can have in the Therian cities, and then you leave the Therian cities and suddenly you're thrown into a chaotic wilderness of magical strangeness. So the things that I'm really excited about and um, looking forward to other people enjoying is obviously the deep forest. I think the deep forest has got so much potential to keep player groups busy and um, there's the, the fruit of the passions in there, which is quite a unique reward treasure for players to earn or for games masters to give to their players. Um, I'm not fully versed on the mechanics behind the fruits of the passions. That's more Morgan's sort of domain than mine. But um, yeah, the deep forest and the towers, these are the th things I'm really sort of excited about. I'm excited to see what people make of the different cultural groups because my, my campaign is made of Empirist characters. So I have run games with Barites, but I'm really interested and excited to see what people do with the Barite culture because uh, there's an entire chapter in the book on the Barites. That's something that we, me and Carl really wanted to get fleshed out was Barite culture. We didn't want them to be just these bloodthirsty barbarians that the Therans are sort of intent on trying to tell everyone that they are. So yeah, I'm looking forward to people playing Barite groups and Empress groups and maybe a mixture of the two and traveling to all these magical strange places like the Deep Forest and the Towers and uh, the Carrickspur Mountains. And um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy and proud with all of it, to be honest with you. All, all of Vascothia excites me to some degree. So uh, yeah, I, the thing the most is I really want to in the future, I want to hear stories about people running games in Vascothia. That would be the most exciting thing to me. Great. Cool. Anything else that comes to mind that has not come up or that I missed in terms of the questions? I kind of know that you saw the thread on Facebook with the questions there. I think I've hit at least, if not directly asking the question, we've hit on the subject of most of those pretty clearly. Actually, I've got one here because I know I do this. Okay. Any easter eggs to your own player group or Vasgothia campaigns that you have run in the past that you slipped in yeah there is definitely some easter eggs from my group there are some npcs in the book who are actually player characters from some of my games i don't i, don't, I won't give away who they are but uh, that's definitely in there there's definitely some events i because some of the events that are described in in the sort of modern history of Asgoth are events that we've actually played in the game and then made their way into the book as history. So again, I don't want to spoil anything or talk about some of these modern events, but there is currently a large rebellion taking place in Vascothia at the moment. Some of my players have been involved in the very sort of early catalyst for those for for that rebellion and how it started and the characters that were met along the way. But yeah, there's a couple of Easter eggs from my group in there, not too many, because um. It would feel a little bit self-indulgent if I was just uh, populating the book with uh, NPCs and players from my group. But yeah, there's a couple in there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. To be clear, this is not simply a case of Nick wrote up his campaign and we published it. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all, no. Accusations that have been leveled on me about some of the aspects of 4th edition history. The uh, 
Harwood incident mm -hmm. in particular right. is one that people feel is something that, oh, he did this in his game and he gets to drop it in. Right. That's actually something that I came up with whole cloth. And the fact that it feels like a player character thing or a campaign thing is intentional. I intentionally created an event that would have that feel that player characters got involved and things went south. Yeah. That gives a ready hook for another game master to take that and draw their own conclusions and run with it. I think that those kind of hooks are really, really useful to put into a game, a, a place where Earth Dawn is on one level, when you're talking about bar save, and the story of bar save is about the maneuverings between these large political powers or powerful beings, I mean, between the dragons and the immortal elves and the kingdom of Thrall. But there is also, at the more basic level, the idea that player characters can get involved in things and help shape the future of what's going on. That you get these powerful adepts, particularly once you get into journeyman, upper journeyman, warden or, or master tier characters, that they are, there are not very many of them and the amount of power that they actually are able to wield personally and, and magically and politically can dramatically shape the events of things and having those kind of hooks where the future of the province, where the the Second Theron War is kicked into motion because of a seemingly unrelated thing that happened, but the king sees that as an opportunity to push for their own agenda. Doing that kind of thing and always keeping an eye towards how a game master might use it in a game. Yep. How that material can be taken by individual groups and made their own and used as a starting point for inspiration for their own campaigns and stories rather than going up our own hind ends in terms of getting lost in the lore and the creation of this fictional world without an idea of where a player character might actually fit into that and influence that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think the Harwood instance is a really good comparison to make to, you know, what's going on in Vascothia. Um, and it, yeah, I'd say my player, the players are, were involved in it, but I, I, it was always going to be part of the history of Vascothia. It's just that we got to game a bit, a little bit earlier than everyone else. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I think the good thing about Vascothia is there's two ways to use Vascothia, really. You can set a campaign in Vascothia and you can play as empirists and barites or, or what have you or you can bring your existing bar save group into vascothia because the way the book's set up is there are communication lines being drawn between the various cultures in vascothia and bar save and i always wanted it to feel like a place where your group could jump on an airship and get there in a day and just start getting involved it would be really interesting to see or even to think about what a liberator like that someone following the path of the liberator would do faced with this right. society with this present situation in vasgothia yeah and on the inverse it'd be really interesting to see what a leafer is like when they go to the dalai's jungle or the bloodwood it can go both ways um i know there's some new player options available in vasgothia as well so that's another reason that it might excite uh, games masters and players so you know there's there's nothing saying you couldn't play a leafer character in bar save 
for example. One other thing that just occurred to me is we'd been talking a lot about the setting material and things that you worked on in terms of fleshing out the original and expanding and providing more depth, especially when it comes to things like the Barite culture and whatnot. Is there anything that you worked on or is there a chapter in there that is more GM directed? That is, we're not looking at an in-setting book, but we're looking at a, a chapter or section where we are more directly offering advice or suggestions on how to use uh, the material in that book in a game? Yeah, so my understanding is there's game information chapters in Vascothia. Um, I believe there's a player's information chapter and a games master's information chapter. At least that's the information on the Kickstarter page. I'm not really a big mechanics guy, and this is something that I discussed going into the project. Um, I was very happy for Morgan to help on that front because he's so great with the mechanics and you know, he's got the he's got the brain for it and he's really good with that sort of stuff. So I can't actually say what elements of Vascothia have been fully gamified and will appear in the GM chapter. Presumably, you know, there's going to be things like the fruits of the passions and these sort of things. But um, yeah, I'm honestly not too sure what's going to be there. But there's definitely going to be information mechanically for 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 games masters to use. I wasn't even necessarily thinking about mechanics because I know those are in there. Okay. Just more sort of general advice, like what kinds of campaigns or ideas or how you might take the information in the Barites chapter to flesh out or enhance your own campaign stories or ideas. Yeah, I believe there's advice on how to run various campaigns, because obviously there's another option you have here with Vascothia is theory and characters. As easy as it is to sort of present the theory and empire as this monolithic structure of evil, and you know it is in many ways, individual theory and characters tend to be a little bit more nuanced. There's nothing saying that some theory nobles might not be involved in the rebellion, that they may not also be agitating for change in Vascothia or allying with the Barites. So I believe there's advice games masters and how to run these various different sort of cultures within the campaign but um, in all honesty that wasn't something that you had been really involved with in terms of yeah that work okay but the reason for that is because even though like, i'm the i'm the lead writer for vascothia it really isn't just my show like kyle and, and morgan have done some absolutely fantastic work on vascothia and if you if you read the book and you come across an idea and you think oh it's a really cool idea i really like that there's a good chance that it was kyle's idea well, there's a good chance that it was Morgan's idea, not necessarily my idea. I never wanted to sort of claim ownership of Vascothia. I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted to hear other people's opinions on it. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm just not fully aware of what's actually going to appear in the book 100%, because I, I, I didn't, I'm not responsible for writing 100% of the material, if that makes sense. So, yeah, some of it's going to be a big surprise to me too. Well, that's great. Yeah, we do really make an effort to have multiple people contributing and providing feedback, even in a certain sense. We've talked about on the show, when we've been going through the essays on the various paths, that some of the sidebars and third-party commentary were provided by other people, sometimes provided by the person who wrote the original essay, sometimes by people like myself or, or Morgan or Kyle or any of the others who had an idea that they wanted to provide as a counterpoint to something that was being presented in setting to add that little bit of uncertainty and variety. I knew it was going on, but I am still happy to hear that that's a practice that is continuing on with a more 
expansive and in-depth book like this. Yeah, and it was it was a great experience as well. It's it, working on Vascothia with with Kyle and to a sort of lesser degree Morgan. I've not worked with Morgan too closely, uh, mostly with Kyle. It's been great, and um, you know we come up with ideas together. We bounce ideas off each other, and um, Kyle's great at coming up with options for an idea. You might say, well, this idea doesn't quite work, but here's option A, B, and C, and how we can make it work. And um, yeah, it's just that's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, Vascothia really is. It's a team product. I just want to make, you know, I don't want to, as I say, I don't want to claim ownership of the book. Um, it really is a, you know, a group effort. We're just about at the end of an hour here. So just to wrap things up, is there anything on the horizon for you that you are working on or have been approached at with regards to Earth Dawn? Have we soured you? Are you done with us? <laughs> um, no, I'm definitely not soured. I've had a I've had such a positive, fantastic experience working as a freelancer for FASA. Um and to be and to be given Vascothia as my first, you know, proper book by the team has just been a dream come true. I never I never thought that would happen, especially because it didn't happen under Red Brick. And I'm not knocking Red Brick at all. You know, those guys were busy doing their thing at the time. I would love to work on a on more Earth Dawn projects. I'm not too sure if I would revisit another fear in province or not because i don't know if any of them sort of interested me as much as vascothia i would say quiana is a province that really interested me and i believe that you guys there's a member of your team already working on quiana so if quiana wasn't in the works i think that is something that would interest me but again we go back to getting the right voice for that project um there's definitely some areas of Save i would be interested in exploring i think landis is a big sort of fog covered area of the bar save map that i would really like to get involved in so hopefully i can pitch you guys some projects or you can pitch me something and we can work together again because it's been absolutely fantastic anything that we've missed anything that you want to mention here as we wrap up i don't think so um i'm I'm really looking forward to the kickstarter stretch goals um i think the next one coming up as i said is the towers this is a great opportunity for anyone who's wanted to write for Earth Dawn to sort of get involved in that project. Obviously, there's some sort of stipulations that come along to designing your own level for the towers, but I really want people to get involved in that. Um, I'm, I won't be writing any levels for the towers. I really want to see what these what other people can come up with from the community for the towers. So I won't be I won't be taking part in that. There is an adventure as well. Hopefully, we can get to that stretch goal because I have a pre-written adventure for Vascothia, which I run a couple of times called Daughter of the Forest. And it's designed as a jumping, as a launching pad for a campaign in Vascothia. And it details all the sort of aspects of what it's like to be in Vascothia. It details with themes of living under fear and oppression, what it means to be an empress, what it means to be a barite, renaming, dread yearning, the deep forest. It just had all these things in it that are just great jumping off point for a Vascothian campaign. So fingers crossed we can get to stretch goal for that adventure. Yeah, I think that's it, really. I just look forward to the community enjoying Vascothia and um, seeing what they do with it. Great. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to come on the show and talk about this new book. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to actually start reading it as I work through layout here over the course of the next couple of weeks. If you were not aware, we've been talking about the new book that we've got on Kickstarter, (laughs) Vascothia. Go to kickstarter.com, search for FASA Games, search for Earth Dawn, search for Vasgothia. It should come right up. We've got links on all of our social media. It is running out through 
November 19th. As of right now, we are at $27,247 on the campaign with 334 backers and just shy of three weeks to go. When this episode goes up, there will be even fewer days left. So if you are not already backed, go and do that. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Once again, thank you, Nick, for joining me. I've heard nothing but good things from Kyle about working with you. And certainly if we get the opportunity to have you contribute to something else, we will do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's been really fun talking about Vascothia. Um, as Kyle can attest, I can talk about Vascothia all day long. So uh, it's, it's good to rein me in for just an hour or so. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us here this week on the Earth Dawn Survival Guide. From Dan, who will be back with me next time. I'm not sure what he would say. It is time to go and rename your legend. Nice.